Hey, what's going on? This is Jordan, and welcome to another episode of Movie Buffers. Episode I'm going to be talking about the 2013 drama thriller Prisoners, but before I get into that, I'm going to ask you to all please like and subscribe. It really helps out the show and keeps it going. And now let's get into it. Wow, uh, what an underrated movie, man. Hugh Jackman should have won an Oscar for this. Prisoners is directed by Denis Villeneuve, and it stars Jake Gyllenhaal, Hugh Jackman, Viola Davis, Melissa Leo, Paul Dano, and Terrence Howard, and, you know, some other people, but who cares? Now, I was only going to watch the first half of this movie and go to bed because I had to get up really early this morning, but I could not stop watching it. I didn't even, like, take a bathroom break. I f***ing chowed this movie down. I ended up only getting four hours of sleep, but it was worth it. Now, let's get into the movie. Now, I've only seen... Four films by Denis Villeneuve, and those being Arrival, Blade Runner, Dune, and this one. And it's crazy to see this tone coming from this director now that he's been established to make more large-scale and even Academy Award-nominated movies, and he's taking a little bit more of the science fiction route. Things move a lot quicker than I remembered. You know, tensions run high as they search for the kids. The camera movement techniques by the legendary Roger Deakins really contributed to the stress-inducing feelings throughout this film. And Jake Gyllenhaal's performance is very intense. When they searched the RV for Paul Dano, I was on the edge of my f***ing seat, man. Paul Dano. Before he was the Riddler, he was Alex f***ing Jones in this movie. And he's so good in it. He's so convincing. I do find it a little strange that they only show the white family dealing with the grief of searching for their missing daughters in the beginning of the film. I mean, come on, the, the, the black family has got to be losing their minds too. I, I find it to be a bit of a flaw. It does show the change in times in mainstream films. It's just one minor, minor nitpick there, but I guess I'm just saying I was interested in seeing their side of the story too. Man, I nearly shit my pants when Alex Jones rips the dog up by the by the leash and glares at it. It just felt plain evil. And then this is where Keller Dover hears him singing the parody of Jingle Bells. The girls were earlier were singing earlier in the film before they disappeared. And then Alex confronts him and then kidnaps him. He brings him to this like a gutted out house uh, that he's working on or something. It's it's like an abandoned house. And then he also brings Franklin back to this place where he's keeping Alex. And let's just say that Terrence Howard makes a very convincing performance, man. The position he's put in is beyond crazy and beyond the law. This film forces you to battle with the theme, you know, what would you do if it was you? And I couldn't even, I just couldn't move after that scene in the bathroom where Hugh Jackman is torturing Paul Dano. I wonder what it was like to be, to make that scene, man. The, the look on Terrence Howard's face looked very authentic. Like he just watched a masterclass in acting while simultaneously being part of the performance. And I'll bet Paul Dano shit his pants, dude. That was just, wow, incredible. Look, I loved Logan, but that movie, dude. Hugh Jackman is a force that, that strikes your every nerve in this movie. And he should have got a f***ing Oscar for this performance. God, I miss movies from this era. And you know what, man? Jake Gyllenhaal deserves one, too. This and Nightcrawler, he has really won me over as one of the underrated greats. Put him in the right film with a good script and, and this crew, and man, you have got a good-ass movie on your hands. And Viola Davis, man, I, I wish she was in the film more. She needed to win, like, a Best Supporting Actors award or something. When she comes into the torture house and becomes a part of it, it just added another layer of depth in this already dense and incredible film. And, and talk about perfection, like perfect casting, man. I, I can't admire that enough in this episode. And this film is definitely not for everyone. It's not for the faint of heart or for those who can't handle missing children's stories. It's almost a straight-up horror movie. And me being a new father, that added like greatly to the suspense in this movie. And oh man, when when Keller identifies the sock in the photo, it's just a gut-wrenching scene, man. Now, I'm not entirely sh sure how I feel about the guy 
who is investigating and reenacting these missing children murders, the David Dasmalichan character. He was really good, though, and he always is. He, he's He's been looking out a lot, really, in roles lately, like the Polka Dot Man in the Suicide Squad and Peter DeVries in the, in the Dune movie. So now we're in a strange fucked up limbo where Keller believes that he may have messed up and actually has the wrong man, and he's losing all grip on the situation, and himself, really. Later on, Grace brings Detective Loki into the basement where we see that Keller is a survivalist prepper uh, to an extreme degree of paranoia. I like how this is a story of a man that sees himself as a protector and someone who always seems like he's three steps ahead of everything. And then so when his daughter finally goes missing, it's baffling and devastating that he has no control of the situation or foresight of the most likely horrible outcomes of of missing children cases. I mean, God, this movie is so hard to watch, but it's the performances, man. So Loki sees that there is a half a bag of lye laying in Keller's basement and he starts to follow him. And then he almost sees him reveal his location before he like notices him. You know, where he's holding Alex Jones. And this scene is very powerful when Kyler confronts Loki and then he has a meltdown in his car. And then and then he's also, like, answering questions to a minor interrogation. Loki later finds Kyler in the abandoned building and even makes Kyler show him around. But he somehow doesn't find, doesn't find Alex. But now he's very suspicious of Kyler and this just adds more tension buildup. Not thinking that Kyler can be framed for this. And wondering if he's going to have to murder J- to to murder Alex Jones or or let him go and turn himself in. So much can happen. I I think they did a really good job too of revealing that Alex Jones is disabled, and he has the mind of a ten year old boy. It makes us kind of lose a bit of our empathy for Keller and and debate with ourselves if he could still come out of this a good person. So Loki gets a call about a strange hooded man and he he gets the license plate number and then he shows up at, at David's character Bob Taylor's house. Bob tries to run and then gets violently apprehended by Loki and then there are mazes drawn all over the walls and it looks for the most part abandoned. They really love their abandoned buildings in this. Loki finds a rotten pig head and a room full of locked black boxes with snakes and, and blood-stained children's clothing. I'm shocked that I didn't remember what happens in this film i saw it one other time in the theater and i thought for a second that this guy this was the guy and and and, well i mean so does everyone else around this time keller is like crazed and drunk and wondering what he's gonna do with the kid he kidnapped and tortured half to death so bob taylor jumps loki after a heated interrogation back at the police station and then he gets his gun and he blows his brains out in front of all the cops so we later find out that this guy bob was like studying the murders of the missing children in that town and he's reenacting the killer's design and this really threw me off you know i don't know how i felt too much about this part only because there's already so much going on and at, at some point i it stops feeling like a realistic story and starts feeling like you know a little melodramatic you know they're trying to tell so much without clocking in two hours and a half and then Keller gets a feeling I guess and he goes over to Alex Jones aunt's house and he apologizes for assaulting Alex at the police station and he has what what seems to be like a heart-to-heart talk with her and she explains that her and her husband adopted Alex after they they lost a son of their own to cancer at this time Loki's investigating a local sex offender in the neighborhood and he finds a priest passed out and he thinks he's dead Loki busts in and decides to take a look around he finds a secret basement behind his refrigerator where he finds a corpse. I think the guy had like a medallion with a maze on it or something stupid like that to let us know that he's connected to the missing kid murders. Loki violently brings in the sex offender uh, priest who confesses to murdering the man after the man made a confession to kidnapping and murdering multiple children. And why why he went about it this way instead of just letting the cops know, I have no idea. Now he's a sex offender and a murderer. 
So Keller is drunk one night back where he's holding Alex Jones and Alex mutters words like follow the maze and that's where you'll find them. I couldn't believe my f***ing ears, man. Like Keller begs him to tell him what it means or a little get a little bit more information out of him. That's all he's going to get, which is a lot if you ask me. Then Grace Dober gets a call that Joy Birch has been found and that she's at the hospital. She informed Keller and then they inappropriately kind of interrogate the poor girl and she's barely even awake. She mentions that she saw Keller where they were being held and he has like an epiphany of, of Alex Jones' aunt and, and figures it out and figures it out in his head where this maze ends. This lady is the f***ing kidnapper and the accomplice to the string of child murders over the years. I mean, this shit is absolutely bananas, man. This film is packed to the f- brim with one intense scene after another so keller he bolts from the hospital and then loki and a bunch of a bunch of cops they, they're running after him and now they suspect that he's heading to that abandoned building where he saw him before keller shows up at the old lady's house and offers to help out with some maintenance around the house but you can tell at this point that they both know why he's here she pulls a gun on him and makes him drink poison that will kill him slowly over time she has a rather good sized exposition dump here as well as he enjoys his homemade cocktail he agreed to drink it if she let him see his daughter one last time and this was incredibly brutal to watch this was really intense and pretty melodramatic at the same time this movie feels over the top at times but somehow this all just f***ing worked it's it's truly amazing hold on folks we're not done yet she walks him to a secret hole hiding underneath a car and makes him get down into it she traps him in the hole leaving him to die and then he crawls around finding his daughter's whistle loki shows up to the torture house and hears alex screaming for his life they find him inside, then bring him in. Then Loki goes over to inform Miss Millard, and then he sees her injecting poison into Keller's daughter, who is laying on the floor motionless. Him and the old lady have a deadly standoff where she grazes his head with a bullet, and then he puts her down. I believe she says something like, make sure they cremate me, I don't want to be buried in a box, something like that. The scene of Loki rushing Anna Dover to the hospital is so good man it had me on the edge of my seat later we see him looking at a newspaper clipping that says that alex jones is reunited with reunited with his family after 15 years of being abducted he has like a different name too but i don't remember it uh loki loki is back at the millard house where forensics and all those people are trying to dig solid frozen ground to find bodies or something they pack it in and then loki stays behind and, and now i forgot to mention this earlier but they always reference a whistle in this movie and at the hospital uh he sees anna he has she has a new whistle and then the mother says that she bought her a replacement of the one she just lost so then loki hears a slight whistle sound and then he keeps hearing it and then this lets us know that keller is alive yes man i mean the screen goes black and what a f-ing way to dip to black man F-ing, what a good movie and you know what for being such a dark film that's pretty hard to watch nobody died and that's where I think uh, a lot of bigger movie studios, they'll deal with stories like this as long as the main characters all make it out alive. Which sometimes can be very dull, but you know, people don't like to see heavy stuff. This film took those notes and made something incredible. And I'm happy to see the kids survive and the whole family gets to live on together. Not happily ever after, but you know, you catch my drift. God, man, we need more movies like this. I'm giving Prisoners an A+. I highly recommend this film. No news on like a re-release for a 4K restoration or anything like that. So give it a buy on Blu-ray or iTunes. I got the blue and I'm glad I own this one. I'm glad it's in my collection. I just wanted to thank you all so much. I've gotten quite a few new subscribers over the past few months and uh, I'm getting enough views to keep this show rolling. So I thank you. And if you're not already, please subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Shout out in the comments. If you have film recommendations, we could tackle on this podcast. And I will see you all next time here on Movie Buffers. Thanks for watching.